Live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, I've said it before, but tonight it's really true. We have a big show. It is the third episode of Three and Out, your favorite fantasy football podcast. And uh, in addition to our normal host, Ugly Child, is joining us. We have another first on the No Outlet Podcast. Not one, but two guest host. That's right. Uh, we've got two people here joining us on the show. Uh, in addition to Ugly Child, we will also have one of the most innovative fantasy football minds on the Seacoast, and we're going to find out from him what the future of fantasy football holds. We're going to talk about some of the things he's doing that are rather unique. I've never heard anybody doing them before. So please give a very warm no-outlet welcome to Ugly Child and Fantaski. Welcome, both of you. Good evening. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, format one more time in case someone's listening for the first time. Uh, Everyone gets three different takes to talk about really anything to do with the world of fantasy football. It can be direct related to stats. It can be waiver wire stuff, but it can also kind of expand out past that. And as long as it's loosely tethered back to the sport of football and more specifically fantasy football, it's fair game. So with that, as always, uh, Ugly Child, I'm going to let you go first. All right. Uh, so truth be told, I didn't do any homework this time. I came scrambling in. But, Perfect. But I am so nimble uh, that I can come up with something on the spot. First off, I'd like to give another um, just debilitating shout out to – uh, a friend in our fantasy football league who took another loss, third in a row. That Ouch. was crushing. Ouch. Did you see that? Oh, did I ever? Two points, two and a half points, whatever it was, and he scored a lot. I mean, he left yeah. it all in the field, and it just it just wasn't enough. Sometimes so, it's a real bitch. So that's um, that brings up my my thought process on it. So he scored a lot of points. He said three terrible losses, and I've scored. Um, very few points and I have two wins. And so, you know, what are your thoughts on the sort of luck factor of, I mean, at the end of the day, fantasy football is about scoring the most points. There's really no other statistic that matters, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent correct. Yep. And there's no way to strategize against somebody scoring, you know, lesser points or somebody like when you do, lose you lose by the the week that the person goes completely off you know and so when you're looking at the points for and the points against so is there a place in fantasy football for a league that isn't based on wins and losses but is based on hitting metrics hitting certain scoring metrics over uh, calibrated periods of time so if there's 17 weeks you know it used to be 16 so it would have been easy every four weeks you take a look and be like there's a winner after four weeks and there's a winner after four weeks and then there's a grand winner at the end um you know do you think that there's a league potential where it's only based on just raw points and not head-to-head battles yeah i mean i think that there is a place for it but do i like that idea not really and here's the thing with that specific person that we're talking about 
and it's going to show what kind of a GM he really is because if he stays there, he, look, he's got a good team. He's putting up points, yep. and math always go. wins, right? So over the course of the entire 17 weeks, it's still early. If he continues to do the right things, he will eventually win his way out of this and get into one of the playoff spots. And I think that's a big part of being a solid GM is not getting – you know, too trigger happy, not doing knee jerk reactions, overreacting to something. So I think that what we're going to see with this guy is 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 what he really has for fantasy football cojones. Uh, Fantasy, what do you think? Um. Well, I got to be honest with you. I agree a little bit more to ugly child side just because of the fact that I was in a league last year and I scored the most points by about three (laughs) hundred. I think I went. Two in ten. Okay. It was brutal. That is brutal. And it, it would have been nice because I would have won the league if I if it was a points for yep. type thing. But I let up more points than anyone in the history of the league has ever put up or let up ever. That's right. Yeah, you were leading because I was in that league. You were number one in both stats. Wow. Points yeah. for and points against. Well, again, Ugly Child, I think this points to the need for an actual GM meeting because it's a compelling point. And even if we were to layer on something that was more points-based, it would give somebody uh, more of a consolation. You get you get points right now for the most points over the entire season. But to your point, you break it up over three or four periods, and all of a sudden there's a little bit more motivation to, to be that team that's scoring points but just having bad matchups. And I'm with you. I got lucky. If you look at, I mean, I've scored a lot of points last week, but overall, the number of points scored against me is, I think, towards the bottom. So I'll take the good luck. I I am not at all opposed to having things fall my way. But uh, here's to tons of Brown. I hope things turn around for him quickly. Yeah, you know, I wonder if it would be having something. You're right. So in our league, we pay out at the end for most points scored. It's pretty sizable. Yeah. Um, It's definitely, I think it's more than your the amount that you pay in to play, play in the league. But I wonder if there could be some smaller payments along the way to keep engagement high, to get people to keep their head really in it. Right, because he's already, three weeks in, he's calling himself the worst GM. And I don't think that that's fair. I think that he's got the worst luck of any GM, but he's, by and large, except for that first week where he made one bad move that would have been a win, everything else he's kind of done right. So... Uh, yep. chin up, chin up tons of Brown. You'll be fine. Uh, okay. Yep. Next up is, uh, our new friend, uh, Fantasy. um, Fantasy, before we, uh, before we get into anything, help educate our listeners. We've got a, a live studio audience here and they're all wondering like, wow, who, who is this guy? Where does he come from? How long has he been playing fantasy football for? That's the most important question. So how long have you been playing fantasy football? Man, so I'm 14 years old. I think I played in the first league with my dad when I was about six. I helped him. It was actually in the league that um, was worth the money, so it was pretty fun. It was really amazing for me. And then after that, I um, started two years after that. I wanted to start my own league, so I talked with some friends, and they were up for it. And back then when we were like eight years old, our parents helped with us. And then it was tough because we probably had 10 people in the league and only eight actually played. So 
being a 14-year-old playing a lot of fantasy football, yep. it's hard to filter in and out players every year. But that's also – it's almost like soccer in England. It's sort of cool. Yeah. If you go to the bottom of the league, you're out. You're at the top of the league. You get a little bit of money. But you really just don't want to be the manager not to do anything. Right. you got to avoid so, relegation there. So you kick, you kick out teams that aren't paying attention is what you're saying? Yes. Love it. Wow. That's pretty hardcore. And then how uh, – is there a line of people to get into the league? Is there like a waiting list? There actually is. Um, there's probably four or five kids that I can think of off the top of my head that really want to be in the league and that they just haven't got the chance yet. But we talk about it all the time. We talk about who we're going to kick out every year. Oh, my God. It's that's perfect. Oh, that's, uh, whether that is, now, that, whether it's – Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was just going to say whether it's like a person who wasn't trying hard enough or someone that's so irritating <laughs> and sent so many bad trades that we can't handle them anymore. Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of different reasons to uh, to want somebody out of the league, that's for sure. You guys have gone right to the, the, the cannibalistic part of um, fantasy football, and I love it, for one. I think it's great. And just really quick on this notion, so, you know, Ugly Child and I have been playing for 20 years, but that's when we, we started when we were like, you know, 25, 30, whatever it was. It's almost like mixed martial arts. The first group of mixed martial artists weren't ever trained in MMA. They were just boxers or people that did karate, whatever. And then all of a sudden now you've got these people that have been training MMA since they were six, and they're different level MMA fighters. What we're going to have when Fantaski is our age is off-the-charts fantasy football intellect. It's going to be almost unfair, and by that time, we'll be so old and decrepit, we'll, we're going to get just tra- trampled. We're going to get trounced. No, no question. Yep. No question about it. All right. Yeah. So, so with all that said, Fantasy, let, let's, hear your first, uh, let's hear your first take. Um, so this past weekend, I was looking at some NFL over-unders, and I just wanted to see if – I can make a couple friendly wagers with my dad. Mm-hmm. And I came up with the idea that maybe we could have a little side app for fantasy football apps. Okay. That set on the over under or the winner by how much. And you could put $5 on two people playing and you need one person to win by 10. So it's like a little side way of betting inside fantasy football. I don't, I don't understand that. So you could put $5 on... A team or a player or what do you mean? Oh, yes, a team. I'm sorry. So like betting within your league? Yes. Now yes. we're talking. That's, and then have the actual that's a have the actual lines on the side and then you can just literally bet. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Why have we not ever – I mean, here here's a 14-year-old kid telling us one of the better ideas I've ever heard. We've been doing this for 20-something years and we haven't ever done this. That We need yeah. to implement it immediately. That is such a great idea. It is, and I, you know, all the information's there already because they already prognosticate what the the scores are going to be. Right, there's a spread so you, for you. There's a spread there, and there's an over under there for you. Yep. And you can take a look at it, and what you really need is somebody to be the house. That's right. I think we got a couple um, people that would do it. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I wonder if there's a way to. Uh, sorry, Riley. I mean. Uh, Fantasy, not trying to stomp on your thing here, but um, I wonder if there's a way to, you know, if there's like legitimate betting operations that could 
infiltrate into <laughs> fantasy leagues and like, oh my gosh, think like, about the amount of action you could put together on that. Like, upload, Holy up your, uh, like upload it to DraftKings, right? And then all of a sudden exactly. you, can, you can bet on DraftKings and then you could bet on any league that's out there. It wouldn't have to just be your league. You could be, you could bet on any league. Yeah, I mean, who's going to bet on leagues other than their own? But no, I guess that's you never true. know. That's true. Well, I mean, people bet on everything, you know. But uh, bottom true. line is that the core of, of that is that that's a great idea. We need to do it. Yep. And and thank you. Um, all right. I'll go real quick, and then we'll go to uh, the second one for Ugly Child. So I, I think that one of the problems that people fall into is they – when they're doing their setup for the week, when they're picking their draft order, whatever they're doing, they just go to any, they'll go to a website, they'll go to CBS, they'll go to Fantasy Pros, pick, there's a freaking million of them. And they're looking at the rankings and they're looking at all this stuff and they just go by what is there. I look at a fantasy football team like a hedge fund and hedge funds don't make money on doing what everybody else does. Hedge funds make money on anomalies. Hedge funds make money when they pick a short when everybody else is going long and vice versa. So if you really want to make a statement in your league, you kind of have to pick anomalies. You have to go with your internal instinct. Even if you're picking up someone on the waiver wire that is not ranked, quote unquote, as one of the top waiver wire pickups, go for it. Pick it up because if you're the person that sees that and no one else does, that's your anomaly. That's how you win games. If you do what everybody else is doing or try to, then you're going to be right in the middle of the pack. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I was thinking about this. Um, it would be interesting to spend a whole season literally doing nothing but taking the advice of the computer bots from CBS sports. Right. Yeah. That'd be don't, don't waver at all and see what your record would be at the end. Uh, but I, I agree with you. You know, this this week I got an A plus for managing because I put in Corderell Patterson and uh, somebody else who were lower ranked as as two receivers um, over the ones that uh, I put on the bench. And that's the fun of it, though. It's like thinking that you're smarter than everybody else. And so, I um, I mean, you look like a genius when you make the right idea, and then when you uh, how many times have you just sat there at the end of a week though? And you've been like, Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't play him. Exactly. Totally blew it. Yeah. Totally blew it. So I can't remember what you're asking of me other than I do think, <laughs> I think it would be interesting to see, you know, what it would be like some year, but I would never be able to do it. I wouldn't have the discipline to just go right down the line and never waver from what CBS Sports suggests is your best potential lineup. Right. You'd almost have to come up with like a dummy free league and just put nothing but, you know, literally bots in there and then just have one of those bots be you and go through and follow the advice and just do your recommended lineup only. And that's it. Uh, off yep. the side as a little incubation. Uh, Fantasy, what do you think about that? Um. I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. That's okay. We can, we can move right along. There's no reason to get hung up on that. We're going to go to Ugly Child for his second point. Yeah, that was a terrible subject. I don't think you really had a point. I think you were bringing up something. I think you're trying to talk about, like, you know, the way you look at it, but it wasn't really a discussion. Yeah, you're not the like only that. one that didn't do any homework, okay? So we're just, trying, right, to, we're just trying to get through. 
Um, so with Fantasy here, I think it's important to talk about the where in the pantheon of life skills when you're raising your children, in particular boys in this case, although my, my daughter is in a league this year too. Nice. Where does fantasy football now rank with things like teaching them how to play Texas Hold'em? Mm. Um, you know, what are some other things? Chug a beer, you know, split wood. Cornhole, fantasy football. Split yeah, wood. stuff like that. You know, but there's certain things that you want kids to know before they go off to college, right? Mm -hmm. One of them is definitely uh, golf swing. Um, you want uh, them to be really good at fantasy football. I think it's an important thing. I think it's something that's pretty important. So do you put it above or below being passable or decent at Texas Hold'em? You know what? If you'd asked me that question five years ago, I would have said below. You're asking me the question right now. I'm going to say it's just above, um, right at the same level of his learning how to like to to be properly able to swim. Um, so I think it's I think it's more important for sure now than Texas Hold'em. Would you agree? I, I think so. I think there's going to be a lot more fantasy football players uh, than there will be, you know, poker players. That's right. And with poker, you know, distance is a barrier. Like to really have a poker game, you got to be in the same room at the same time. So you go off to college and some of your friends might be going to school in a different state or whatever. And you can still have that fantasy football connection, but you can't play poker with them on Friday. So I I think there's a lot more opportunity to take that skill of fantasy football and apply it in a lot of different ways. How about you, Fantasy? What do you think? Um, I think it's, just about even, but I am actually going to change my idea. It's a little higher, just like you said. And I'm going to say this for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that nowadays with all this technology that we have, fantasy football is just part of my life. Like I look at it 24 seven. I just take a glance at my phone. It's so simple. There's so many apps you can use. Yeah. Everyone does it. And it's like fun for the whole family, basically. All right, so and, you, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, no. Well, that was it. So one question about that. Everyone does it. So do you, without naming any names, do you have any teachers that also participate in fantasy football and you guys talk about, like, oh, I wish I had started this person or that person? You know what? I have a very perfect story that went back to Ugly Child's last point. And I was in sixth grade. Uh, I just learned how to do it. I was talking with my friends. I was like, this is super cool. And I benched Calvin Ridley the first week he went off for 45 points. Ouch. And I walked up to my teacher because I was a little bummed up, bummed out. And he was in the exact situation as he started him. And he won his league by about 60 points because he picked up Calvin Ridley and I drafted him. I drafted him because I was so high on him. I was super excited, and then he picked him up on the waiver wire, started him for one week, and he was the hero. And I guess it's not – I guess there's a couple teachers that do it, but it's definitely a very popular thing. Right. It's it's, it's getting out there to everybody for sure. I mean, I – I work with people. I have 70 people in my office that I work at and one guy who's, you know, a little bit older than us, never played before, not a big football fan, but now he's playing and now he's like instantly hooked and like doing research and everything else. So it's like 
once you start, uh, if you know, if you like having fun, once you start, it's really hard to stop. Yeah. So fantasy in your story with this teacher, did you give them the insider information that they should pick up Calvin Ridley or was it just a common thing that you both had that player? Good question. No, I definitely told them to do it and I was pretty bummed out about it because I told him to do it. I said it with confidence and then I didn't start it myself and he went off. Must have been early on because Calvin Ridley's been good for a while. That guy must have been in a shitty league if nobody had him already. It was his rookie season. Interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Okay, so uh, I believe, Fantasy, that you are up next. Yeah, and this sort of came up in your last week's episode, but I'm going to talk about the fact that if you have a lot of people in a league, you don't quite have a lot of talent. So the more people, the less talent. It's Mm -hmm. sort of obvious. But me and three other friends decided to create a four-person league Mm -hmm. and stack them the best we can. So I'm going to read this off real quick. It'll take one second. Yeah, do it. But in my four-person league, I have Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, um, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Hawkins, Cooper Cup, Darren Waller, Justin Jefferson, and then a bunch of other stars. And this is pretty cool because we never lose. Like, if I had this team in my other league, it would be a bloodbath. Oh, my God. And it's just a fun way to look at fantasy football. It's almost a different sport completely because there's almost no thought into it besides put the guy in. If he went off last week, he'll go off this week. And there's no bench warmers. There's no nothing. There's only starters, and they're only really, really good. So how do you – how is it going? Like, are there – what are the the average scores and – um, so have you figured out something that's been like a determining factor in some of the wins and losses? Um, not quite because I don't pay as much attention to it as my other leagues, but we do have this one really cool rule where after every week you have to drop your bench. Mm. It's mandatory. Um, we actually bet $5 on it earlier than the season. We haven't paid it out yet, but that will come. And if you drop your bench, that gives you a little more attention to it and so, for example, I picked up Cooper Cup off the waivers last week. Nice. He's the number one wide receiver in all of fantasy football, if people don't know yet. Um, and I guess we just have little rules like that just to keep it interesting. And um, back to Ugly Child's point, the average thing is probably – average week is probably – Pull it up. All right. I'll pull it up. And then can you – you're probably changing some rules along the way, too? So we have a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, a defense, and kicker. Okay. And the average is about 165 points. Nice. Wow. And that's yeah. is that PPR or no PPR? It is PPR. It is PPR. So make sure yeah. I'm, I'm understanding right. So if I start my team, if I, anybody who I don't start, I automatically have to let them all go. Yes. Like that's that. an interesting, yeah, that's an interesting decision-making so, factor in your starters, right? Yep, for like example, that. I have decided to start Christian McCaffrey, even though he is not playing next week. And I'm just going to keep him for the long haul. Ah. But you can still win because anyone can go off on your team. Very interesting. Yeah. So, very interesting. On one hand, like you were saying, uh, Fantasy, you were like, 
oh, this is uh, mindless, but it really isn't because when you start getting into the calculus of, well, CMC is going to come back at some point. If I put him on the bench, I'm going to have to drop him. There's there's some decisions that 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 matter there for sure. Um, is there matchups? Match absolutely. Yeah, no, I dig that. Mm-hmm. That's a great. You get a bad bad matchup, and you still may keep the guy because you know that coming up beyond that, it actually might make you look into a lens further down and be like, all right, well, he's got a bad matchup this week playing. You know, uh, what's the number one defense in football right now? Uh, probably the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Um, but you know, after that, they're playing Houston and then Jacksonville or something. Right. Yep. yep. Dig it. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm gonna bring up uh, a topic that um, I think it's kind of overdue. So as you know, uh, Ugly Child, there's somebody in our league that's got uh, a couple of championships. Um, I think it's two. Uh, it might be three, and one of them has an asterisk next to it. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's uh, – I think it's time for us to uh, collectively absolve. I mean, look, J- John Hinckley Jr. is getting out of jail, and he shot President Reagan, right? Uh, and that yeah. happened in our lifetime. I think that the time that we have uh, desecrated his name with an asterisk for that championship – uh, needs to come to an end. We have to take that asterisk away. Um, the reality is, and he's pointed it out, he's a, a very good uh, arbiter of facts. The reality is there was no rule in place to stop him from doing what he did. Uh, he didn't violate any rule at the time. Uh, the other thing is that I was the other end of that collusion. Um, and sure was. Uh, I, I sure was. And I, and I feel like at this point, the joke's gone on long enough. He won. Uh, you can say fair and square. You cannot say fair and square. But to me, it's time to remove the asterisk. And I wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But uh, it doesn't mean that it won't be brought up. I mean, uh, there's I misspelled a word from 2004. And it still is at the end of every one of his emails. You know, period. That is, that is a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. Yeah, he and I actually had a funny misspelling thing today. I went over to get some work done with him and was naming a business. And um, you know, we're, we're talking through the name, and he gave me the <clears throat> he recited back to me the name, and I was half paying attention. I said, "Yep, yep, yep." And uh, then we went all the way down and, and registered the business. And then by the end of it, um, I got the confirmation email, and it was misspelled, and it was totally my fault. <laughs> So, so uh, it, it lingers. It ling- It does linger, and, and and even if we take the asterisk away, it's going to linger. That's that's true. So I want to get uh, Fantasky's opinion on this. I'm going to go give the crib note. So long story short, uh, I was in this league whenever it started a million years ago. I was going to go join another league and and press pause on it. I knew that was happening. I had Ladanian Tomlinson, who way before your time, but obviously he was a stud running back back then, number one player in the league. I knew I was leaving, so I I traded uh, LT to this other player for his number one pick, knowing that I wasn't going to be there to pick number one. So I basically handed, and it was a totally lopsided trade at the time, and the timing was going into the playoff run. So I pretty much secured that he was going to win, and it was a backroom deal, and and then I didn't come back the next year. And it was always the plan. And, and for years, he denied that that was the plan. And then finally, when one night, we all admitted that that's what happened. So with that being the case, he's had an asterisk next to the year he won, 2004, since then. 
So in your opinion, do you think that asterisk should stay there or has he served his time and it gets removed? Uh, no, I don't think that should ever serve his time. That's, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to be mean or anything, but that's a disgrace to fantasy football. Ouch. And, um, <laughs> I think that that should stay forever, just so everyone remembers Fantasy what a terrible spoken. thing he did. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to his credit, he has won a couple cents, and he is uh, certainly a very good, a very good manager. He's he's almost too good for his own goodness. Like he's he's so dialed in on yeah. the drafts with like who the stud rookies are going to be that he over rookies himself, and yes. you know, it's interesting to to watch his, he's got these carnal desires for young players that, uh, but it works every once in a while. He, sometimes yeah. it works. And sometimes you get a no Sean Moreno. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't yeah. always work as well. All right. We got a couple more from each of you. Uh, ugly child. What say you? What say me? Um, I don't know. I don't have one. I am literally. All right. Let me give you one. Yeah. Give, give me one. one. All right. Red zone. Good thing or a bad thing? The best. Oh my god, the best thing. Best thing in the world. Best thing in the world. Did you guys happen to notice that when you were watching Red Zone, that when it went to the Bucks Rams game uh, that was being televised on Fox, you couldn't actually see how much time was left because they moved oh my the god. graphics down. That annoyed me so much. That's a big that to was do. The worst thing ever. That's a big to do today because now they're talking about. So to get everybody in the audience up to speed, Please. Um, exactly what you're talking about, and I saw this today on the Red Zone, and it was noticeable, the way that Fox Sports specifically put down distance and time was set up so that the Red Zone, with their ticker on the bottom, would would be blocked. And people that were watching the Red Zone, instead of watching Fox, would have the time blocked. So presumably they would then go away from Red Zone and, and back to the Fox station affiliate um, for ratings. And they're talking about how it's basically going to be an infighting cannibal situation because the NFL owns red zone. That's right. But Fox pays the NFL $2 billion a year to host the NFL. And so, you know, I wonder what kind of backroom conversations are going on um, based on that. And then they did fix it. Did you see that? So red zone put like their own graphic up. Yeah. They did an overlay. They did an overlay, yeah. like an old school audio projector overlay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that um, was crazy. That was super interesting. And I'm curious to see if something's going to come of it. Um, well, I'm sure that there's going to be, I mean, it, it won't, the NFL will not allow that to stand. That That is not going to be uh, behavior that is forthcoming. And I'm sure Fox was just like, you know what? Let's go ahead and do it, and let's ask for forgiveness later, and let's see what happens. Let's see if – here we are talking about Fox, right? And we're not the only ones. Like you said, it's kind of getting some some uh, some airwaves out there. Fantasy, what do you think about that whole thing? Um, well, it was definitely apparent. I 100% noticed it, and what I did was I would turn off Red Zone for the split second to see the time and then go back. <laughs> it sort of takes the whole point of red zone away. I mean, when you're flipping through so many games so fast, yep. you honestly can't tell what game you're in if you can't see the time. So you'll go to the Cincinnati game for five minutes, and then you'll come back to the Patriots game, and you have no idea what's going on and right. what time it is. Yeah, super annoying. So, it's got to so, stop. 
gotta stop. But getting back to your original point, um, I absolutely love the red zone, especially like if it's not the Patriots, it's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really, it's the best way to watch football. Um, yeah, okay. it's like, you know, the wheel, um, the guy who figured out how to start fire in the red zone, that would be my third invention. Best invention. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So we are going to give the last opinion of the night to our special guest host. Uh, Fantasy, it is, it is your microphone. Um, well, I guess this is a little bit less of an opinion because I came a little bit short on ideas, but there were a couple guys at a bar like in the 1990s that came up with fantasy football. Okay. 90s, 80s, 80s, 70s, 80s, 80s 70s. I don't know. I don't know. I'm Roto- sorry. Roto-Wire? That, was it Roto-Ball or whatever it was called? Anyways. Uh, so keep going. They, yep. they didn't patent the idea. And then it blew up. Mm. And these guys got nothing. And I think that it's time that we give these guys some credit, track them down, Maybe get them a GoFundMe account mm. because it made so many people's lives so much better by doing fantasy football, and I believe that they deserve some money or some credit or something. Wow, that is wow. a very interesting thought. First of all, I wonder what those guys are up to. Something tells me that they're somehow involved with gambling or football or both somehow. I mean, you would think, um, <clears throat> and they're probably super bummed out that they didn't somehow – you know, protect that intellectual property because it has literally made trillions of dollars for people. Um, Ugly Child, what do you think about that? It's an interesting point. I think it's a great idea. And I know that there's stories out there, and maybe we can come back around to it on another blo- uh, another um, podcast mm-hmm. that uh, talk about the, the nexus in the beginning of fantasy football. And it was a group of dudes um, who were identifiable. I can't remember the story now exactly. My guess is that one or more of them are dead, but how cool would that be? Um, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have Fantasy do it. We're going to have him track it down. I love it. And see if we can reach out to him. And if so, then, you know, let's get, uh, let's get that guy's family set up with a GoFundMe and just, we could, we could bring in local media we could bring in national media and say, you know, here's a kid who loves fantasy football and he wants to get these guys paid. I mean, it, they should be worth, Billions of dollars. You know what? I, I totally agree. Let's make it right. Uh, that's a to be continued, and I think we need to uh, to run with that. I think that's an outstanding idea. I think so, too. Perfect. And it all, all started here. That's right. On the Three Now podcast. A very altruistic thought from Fantasky. I love it. Well, Fantasky, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, love the innovation you're bringing to the sport. Love the passion. Uh, playing for a long time and, and you're still only 14. Uh, I wouldn't want to face you in a league. You, you certainly would be a formidable opponent and um, uh, a very, very big shout out. You should see my audience right now. They've got big flags with your name on it. They're doing the wave. They're cheering. Uh, thank you so much. Ugly child, as always, thank you for your time. Um, I think we solved a lot of problems here tonight. I think so too. And yeah. We've got some uh, intriguing follow-up too. That's right. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, guys. And uh, we will see you next week. Cool. Cool.